Support for this podcast and the following message come from Jack Daniels Tennessee Whiskey. Jack Daniels is the oldest, mellowest, whiskiest whiskey, and every drop is made in Lynchburg, Tennessee. Jack Daniels, turning nights into stories since 1866. Please drink responsibly. Happy Friday, everyone, from NPR Music and All Songs Considered. I am Stephen Thompson. It is New Music Friday, and we are looking at some of the essential albums out on September 28th. Robin Hilton is out this week, so we're breaking out the share. Woo! That is Gimme, 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 A Man After Midnight from Dancing Queen, a new album of ABBA covers by Cher. I am here in the studio with two of my best NPR music pals, Marissa LaRusso. Welcome. Hello. It is good to have you here. And Lars Gottrich. Hi, Stephen. We are rounding up some of the most essential albums coming out on September 28th. Uh, We do not have music for a couple of the really big names, so, you know, don't add us. Uh, We don't have Kanye West. We we did not get an advanced copy of Yandi to play. We don't have the new Logic record. We're only talking about the ones that we have music for. And one of the ones that we have music for is Cher. Covering ABBA. Covering ABBA. Did you guys see Mamma Mia 2, Here We Go Again? I did not. (laughs) I saw the first one. I haven't seen the second one, which I think is a gay crime. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I have, and I think you're right. Cher basically kind of wafts into this movie on a breeze and and is kind of your your reward for sticking with it. She kind of shows up late in the film. I read that Cher kind of did this whole album on a whim that she thought, "Mm, you know what might be a fun idea? What if I did a whole ABBA album? And then everyone acted like she had come up with this brilliant idea years ago and had been working on it ever since. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, I will say, like, listening to it, the arrangements... It's almost ABBA karaoke. They, they did not do radical shifts in the arrangement. The... I wouldn't mind being in that karaoke room with Cher. Oh, my God. <laughs> she just wants to sing ABBA songs to me. I mean, th- that's the thing. It's yeah. Cher singing ABBA. What more do you want, people? So that is Gimme, 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 A Man After Midnight from Dancing Queen by Cher. Now, this is not going to be a hairpin turn to our next album. It is called It's About Time, the first album in 26 years by Nile. Rogers and Sheik. This is Till the World Falls.
Nile Rodgers has not been absent from the music scene in recent years. No, and he he certainly has, and I think that's in large part due to his uh, very fruitful collaborations with Daft Punk. To be perfectly honest, I'd forgotten that name for so many years because he was kind of relegated to more niche like R&B, like dance markets for a long time, but he was still performing. And then all of a sudden he puts out these huge dance songs with Daft Punk and Daft Punk in the process like reinvents itself as the preeminent dance band of the last like five years. And just listening to that song, it's like, Nobody has guitar tone right. like Niles. No, I mean, this guy has uh, really has a sound unto himself. And you hear it, and it is immediately familiar. Among other things, uh, Nile Rodgers uh, and Sheik were just inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Like, finally. Finally, after... I mean, and they've been around since, like, 1976. Yeah. So, kind of everything's coming up Nile Rodgers <laughs> these days. And the the collaborators all over this record, Anderson Pack, uh, uh, Haley Steinfeld, Elton John, Craig David... Uh, Vic Mensa, a lot of guests to bring this thing to life. And there's a nice variety of styles on it. There is like ultimate disco funk jams, but there's also some like new Jack Swing on it, mm-hmm. which is really fun to hear him play. And it's great to hear like Vic Mensa spit his thing over top these amazing songs. Well, and I like that uh, after 26 years, we're about to get another Chic record in like a few months. There's going to be a part two apparently coming out in February. Oh, really? Yeah. (laughs) So when it rains, Nile Rodgers and Chic, it pours Nile Rodgers and Chic. So that was Till the World Falls from It's About Time by Nile Rodgers and Chic. Next up, we've got a band called Restorations. The album is LP5000. So that's Restorations. The song is called, well, I guess you could say Street or Saint ST period is the title of the song from LP5000. Marissa LaRusso, tell me a little bit about Restorations. Yeah, so they're um, a rock band from Philadelphia. I think if you're a fan of Japan Droids or the Hold Steady, you'd probably be a fan of this band. You can definitely hear some hints of Springsteen worship in there as well. (laughs) Um, I was talking to NPR Music's own Lindsay McKenna, who's a fan of Restorations, and she said anthemic heartland rock very quickly. So I think maybe that's a good way to sum it up too. 
What really speaks to me about this record is that it feels like it is very much of 2018 without being super limited to 2018. So you definitely hear in the lyrics allusions to looking at your phone and feeling the existential dread of the relentless news cycle. (laughs) But it's not exactly like they're talking about the president or talking about the 2016 election in a way that boxes it in. They tell these stories in a way that feels really human and really personal. And so it feels relatable and of this moment and also beyond this moment. Nice. Yeah. I mean, it's funny. You mentioned Japan Droids and the Hold Study, but I heard uh, the Gaslight Anthem. Speaking oh, for of, sure. Speaking of Springsteen worship and beach slang. That bigness that both of you are talking about has always been such a big part of this band is very much present on this record. And it's actually a very short record. So I think yeah. it's only 25 minutes long. But it does the thing that Springsteen does. It makes things huge, but localizes it to your own personal experience. Yeah, I like this record a lot. And uh, we have a Tiny Desk concert with them and the archives from a few years ago. We have a Tiny Desk concert from uh, their last record, LP3. And we just recorded a Night Owl session with them. So that'll be appearing on your Facebook feed sometime soon. Nice. That's ST period from LP5000 by the band Restorations. Next up, a London band called The song is Labor Like I Do from a new album called Grow Into It. That's Doe with Labor Like I Do from Grow Into It. Uh, Marissa, you're a Doe fan. I am. I actually became a Doe fan because of the great and good Lars Gottrich. Yes. Who wrote about... Oh, wait, he's in the room. Why are we praising Lars? (laughs) (laughs) I'll leave. (laughs) So, Lars, you wrote uh, about a song called Sincere by Doe that came out a couple years ago, and it was a song about kind of being a woman and having men explain your own experience to you, even sometimes in a good-intentioned way. It just feels awful. And that immediately resonated with me. I think, you know, any any band that is kind of a pop-leaning, indie rock, riffy band led by a woman, usually I'm into it no matter what. But I think Doe tackles these bigger topics and these really particular experiences in a way that I can't get enough of. So like Labor Like I Do, that song we just heard, that song talks about kind of the unfair burden of emotional labor in a relationship, which I think is definitely something we can all relate to, especially as women. And I read that Nicola Leal, the singer and one of the guitarists in this band, she talked about wanting to write a record about growing older that kind of rejected these more standard kind of male tropes of wanting to stay young forever and never wanting to grow up. And she said she wanted to find light and freedom in age. And I think there's a little bit of struggle in that light and freedom, but you can totally hear that in this record. She's incredibly good and incredibly efficient at capturing exasperation. Yes. And it's not overblown. It's not overstated. It's just there in every line reading. It's kind of, there's this slight undercurrent of like, (sighs) (laughs) (laughs) and I think, again, this was a band that I kind of been following since their demos. 
those early songs were extremely scrappy and uh, they've grown a lot since then. Like you hear that not only in the way that she writes her lyrics, but also in the way that they write their songs. They're, they are heavy and they are angry, but they are textured. Mm-hmm. They, they recognize that there is nuance within those emotions. Well, nice. That is uh, Labor Like I Do from Grow Into It by Doe. We've got a few more albums to talk about for this week's New Music Friday, but first we need to take a short break. We will be right back. Support for this NPR podcast and the following message come from the Lagunitas Brewing Company, helping bands reach more ears through beers because the perfect soundtrack for music is a fine ale. Hear more at Lagunitas.com. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. I can cry. I just talked to John Batiste, music director and band leader on The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. He did the interview at the piano. I can slide. You can find it now in the Fresh Air feed. It's New Music Friday from All Songs Considered. I'm Stephen Thompson. We are looking at some of the best and most notable albums out on Friday, September 28th. We kick off the second half of the show with Loretta Lynn and her new album, Wouldn't It Be Great. That is Ruby's Stool from Loretta Lynn and her new album, Wouldn't It Be Great? Lars, tell me about this record. She is 86 and still salty as hell. <laughs> she is. <laughs> let, let me recite a line from the song that we just heard. <laughs> yep. uh, I'm going to sit right here and empty this ashtray in her beer. I can't wait to see her drinking from that can. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Do not spurn Loretta Lynn. <laughs> <laughs> I like the fact that the natural wear and tear on her voice she's able to lean into it in a way that makes these songs kind of hit even harder Uh, a lot of these are retoolings of older songs in her career some are new some are old she even revisits coal miner's daughter right so it's it is kind of a career overview in a way but she's still bringing something fresh to it well and this is kind of what country music does especially among the legends that are still making music they like to revisit those old songs because they want to bring new emotions and ideas to them. This song that we just heard, uh, Ruby Stool, is one of the newer songs. Julie Height, a contributor to Impure Music, she wrote uh, a great essay to accompany the first listen with this. I just want to quote her on this because this kind of gets to the heart of, of Loretta Lynn. She's drawn on her backstory with a mixture of saltiness, sentimentality, and wit that gives it heart and resonance. Yeah. And I think that just kind of like sums up Loretta Lynn. Well, Wouldn't It Be Great was uh, was actually produced by Loretta Lynn's daughter, uh, Patsy Lynn Russell and John Carter Cash, mm-hmm. offspring of uh, Johnny and June. So there's a lot of country music history on this record. So that's Wouldn't It Be Great uh, by Loretta Lynn, one of the great albums coming out on September 28th. Uh, next up, uh, no other way to put it, this is a hairpin turn. Let's hear Tim Hecker with the song This Life from Kanoyo. 
All right, so that's This Life from the album Konoyo by Tim Hecker. Lars, tell me about this record. So Tim Hecker, he's been making music for over two decades now, uh, primarily within the ambient music spectrum. But for the last few albums, he has been working with ensembles to kind of like break down and manipulate and stretch out. And for, for this record, he made it mostly in Tokyo with a gojaku ensemble. So gojaku is uh, kind of an ancient Japanese imperial music, using strings and flutes and uh, drums, and it was very drony music. So you can see how Tim Hecker would be <laughs> naturally attuned to this music. It's one of those things where when you manipulate music, uh, it can so easily become an appropriation. Right. But what Tim Hecker has done, he he's extremely respectful of this music. You hear the timbre, you hear the reverence. Mina Tavakoli, she works here at, a, at a NPR. She wrote an unbelievably beautiful and well-researched essay for this record. Uh, and I'm paraphrasing just a slight bit. Um, Tim Hecker's work yearns for spaces both off-limits and beyond reach. Its beauty is in the way the sounds disintegrate, slip through one's fingers, and die. Yeah, in in Mina's essay as well, she talks about the fact that the word kanoyo, which is the name of the record, um, is the Japanese word for the world over here, in contrast to the world over there, meaning kind of the other side or what is out of reach. And I feel like you can hear that kind of reckoning with what is here and what is reaching and what is outside in Tim Hecker's music. This is not supposed to be morbid music. I mean, it certainly is, uh, in some cases, dealing with death. And even Tim Hecker said that one of the inspirations for this album was a conversation that he had with a friend who died not too long after. It's supposed to be more about being in the center of life, understanding our mortality, which I think is a much more brighter and more revelatory way to think about this music. That was Tim Hecker. His new album is called Kanoyo. Before we get to the last uh, record we're going to talk about, I do want to do a quick round robin of some of the other titles uh, coming out this week. I mentioned Kanye West and, and Logic. Uh, Lars, there's a burial compilation. There's a new uh, burial mix with uh, Code 9 that will be coming out. There's a new record by the Florida punk band Gouge Away called Burnt Sugar that I've been loving uh, for the last few weeks. The death metal band Horrendous. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Uh, they have a new record out called Idol, and I also want to shout out uh, the new record by Cumulus, a really great indie rock singer-songwriter out of um, Seattle, and uh, that new record is called Comfort World. There's also a new record from an artist called La 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 called The Lamb. It's an indie rock record. They're an artist out of Chicago. Give that a listen. Well, Robin Hilton is out this week. If he were here, we would have talked about Gogs, uh, this new band with uh, with Ty Siegel, whom uh, Robin Hilton loves and, loves. Who put, and who puts out an album about twice a week. Uh, there's a new Cypress Hill, Jose James, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Mudhoney's uh, band that's in it for the long haul. They've got a new album, uh, album coming out Friday. And uh, there's a soundtrack to the TV show Rick and Morty. So those are some of the other albums coming out this week. We're going to close out today's show with Marissa Nadler and a song and album called For My Crimes. When they take me down the corridor 
For My Crimes, from an album called For My Crimes by Marissa Nadler. She is a singer from Boston. Uh, This is her eighth album. And uh, you can get a sense of this record just by looking at uh, some of the guests who perform on it. Mm -hmm. Uh, That song has Angel Olsen on it. Uh, There's another song called uh, I Can't Listen to Gene Clark Anymore, where the guest is Sharon Van Etten. And you get that mix of kind of that dreamy folk with deep, dark undercurrents um, and just that kind of haunting intensity presented with just that beautiful beautiful voice she has one of the most gorgeous voices in the business and I think on this record in particular uh, she really leans into her country roots a little bit more than she has on previous records I think you hear it in that song kind of like that slow sway and that deep ponderous sound that really needs to get to the deepest pit of despair but also kind of also kind of like wants to understand that despair isn't just one thing it's a multitude of emotions that doesn't just have to be depressing all the time to me it sounds a little bit like the sound equivalent of a cold fall breeze hitting the back of your neck when you know that all of the leaves are about to die Ooh. but in a beautiful <laughs> yeah, way yeah <laughs> i like that that's good well uh, well said i think uh, i i like that we're closing out the show uh, with a segment that includes the words the deepest pit of despair <laughs> that's how you know robin hilton is out yeah. and i am in yeah <laughs> I think you need to prove. <laughs> so just a quick reminder to tell your friends about All Songs Considered. Uh, you can follow me at uh, Twitter at I Dislike Steven. You can follow Marissa LaRusso at MRSSLRSS. You can follow Lars Gottrich at Total Vibration. To see a list of the albums we talked about, check out the podcast description for this episode. You can also go to NPR.org slash All Songs. You can hear full versions of the songs we featured from these records and a whole lot of other great releases in the New Music Friday playlist from NPR Music. Go to npr.org slash Spotify or open the Spotify app and search for NPR Music. One final note of thanks with Robin out. Uh, I was able to turn to a dream team of producers, two of my favorite human beings and collaborators, past and present on Pop Culture Happy Hour, uh, Mike Katziff and Jessica Reedy. This show uh, this week would not exist without them. So, Finger snaps. so huge Finger thanks snaps. to them. Yep. Uh, we will see you back here on All Songs Considered next week.